Hey everyone, welcome to Ben Better, How About You? I'm your host, Katie Nara, and I've suffered from depression nearly my entire life. It sucks. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health, broken down in a relatable way and told through personal experiences. P.S. I'm not a doctor, but each week my guests and I will cover everything from recognizing symptoms of anxiety and depression to providing accessible tips, tools, and resources that support mental wellness. So get your weekly prescription with me. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ben Better, How About You? I'm your host, Katie Nara, and today I'm joined by Todd Baratz, a special co-host. He is a certified sex therapist, licensed individual and couples psychotherapist, a podcast host, and a writer who specializes in sex and relationships. Hey, Todd. Hi. Today we're going to talk about sex and all that that entails, and uh, feel free to ask us anything, and we will get into it. We're going to talk about really anything related to sex, what people's fantasies are, what they aren't, what you're into, what you're not into, what does that mean, what does that not mean, and how does that affect one's mental health. And yeah, so let's do it. There's some questions I've gotten. Did anyone send you any good questions? Um, I do have questions. I just don't. I don't have a ton of questions. Um, but we can just talk we'll about see. we have plenty things to talk ourselves. about. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to do? Should we take questions? Should we well, go well through take, questions? We Let's might as well go take questions. questions. Sure. French fries or tater tots is the first one, the most important question. Okay. For well, me, it's 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 a no brainer. French fries. I don't like, yeah. I don't like tater tots at all. I, I don't only want French fries. Okay. Yeah. Um, how does one flirt? Now I want French fries. You could okay. flirt with French fries. You could. Um, but that's a good question uh, because I I have many clients that are single. I have many clients that are couples, and I often talk with both about well, how are you flirting with each other? Who engages? How do you engage? What do you say? What's a behavioral flirt? Uh, what's a non behavioral nonverbal flirt? Um, I think most people are really scared to flirt. Are you still supposed to flirt when you're in a couple? Uh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Really. I mean, you could call it expressing affirmation or compliments, okay. but it's still flirting. You're still like getting the. I, I guess I think yeah. of flirting as like. Why not? Pick, I, Why I think, of, you I think flirt? of flirting as like picking someone up. Well, I think I think that could be a flirt. Right. But I, I don't know. When I think of flirt, I think of any kind of communication, verbal, nonverbal, that says, "I like you. I think you're hot. I love you. I want to snuggle you. I want to fuck you. Right. I want you in one way or another." So this person wants to, is asking, "How do you flirt? How do you flirt?" Well, you could with a French fry. You could put it really slowly in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if someone brought me French fries, I mean, right. That's I mean, the way I think to it depends heart. where you are. If you see a man you think is hot, make eye contact for a few seconds and smile. But this person even says, "Wait five seconds," which is a long time. It can Wait, get what scary. person is this? The same person that? Oh no, that that's said, someone else. Okay, I can't. I'm really bad with names, but I'm telling you, it does work. Oh, yeah. You I mean, eye, eye contact. contact? Yes. Yeah, eye contact. And a smile. smile. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, uh, since I've been single, I'm, people are always like, are you going to analyze me? I'm like, no, I'm 100% analyzing, analyzing myself. Something. Like, I'm not thinking about you. <laughs> like, it's all about me. Um, but, is that the problem? Who asked you? <laughs> this is my therapy session? No. Uh, no, but like, I, um, I don't have a very expressive face. <laughs> That's true. But you mean like people can't read you if maybe no. they don't know you. Especially if I'm like meeting somebody for a date and I'm feeling pretty vulnerable. So it became very clear to me that I'm like, okay, you have to put an intentional effort to smile, to make eye contact, etc. My therapist once I was talking to him and he was like, do you ever smile at people on the street? And I was like, oh my God, how could I? That sounds like the most awful thing I could possibly do to somebody. <laughs> but no, eye contact and smile is is a total flirt. For sure. It's not outdated. Um, but it can be really be anything. I think what it comes down to, I think people know how to flirt, is people don't feel safe enough to flirt yeah. or put themselves out there. If um, you feel vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, if I saw someone that I really think is cute, to actually, when I think about it, make eye contact. One, two, three, four, five. That's a long time to stare at a stranger. Okay, well, five seconds is a little bit of much. But okay. No, so I'm you're kidding. Saying, you're saying Go for however long you want. <laughs> Short, smile. long, and smile and stare. Um, I mean, a five-second eye contact is a stare, but it's it's long. It might work. I'm talking again. This is this was advice for a woman with a man. 
Because okay. I think it's different. No, eye contact is important. A smile is. But what I know, my, so my therapist told me to smile at people on the street, and I like literally couldn't do it. Really? I felt so uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And then I then I started doing it, um, but it didn't really amount to anything. And then, um, then were you able but, to do it? Yeah. I mean, it still feels weird. I'm like, why am I smiling at this person? Like, do they think that I'm a creep? Like, what? What is going on here? I think people get... And then someone smiles back at me sometimes, and I'm like, okay, now what? You say hi. Oh, that's too much. No. no I'm kidding. You uh, have to. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but um, flirting is really important, especially mm-hmm. uh, on dates. Expressing positive affirmation for somebody is a really important thing to do. What I find interesting is that many people feel super uncomfortable doing that, Um that people are guarded and they create distance and they avoid that kind of connection and vulnerability, um, which really gets in the way of people forming relationships or um, any kind of relationship. I don't mean like together forever. I just mean any kind of connection. Um, It's hard for people. But so, okay, so how do you flirt? So eye contact, smile, Mm -hmm. great. I guess five seconds. Not outdated. Todd is saying is too long. I mean, for me, that might feel intense, but that's a me thing. If you can do it, I mean, go the distance, honey. I think make it I support you on that journey. But um, it doesn't matter. Eye contact, smile. Any sort of compliment. I like your shoes. Cute shirt. Your hair looks great today. Yeah. Um, When you're walking down the street, touch someone on their shoulder, or if you're at a table. No, no, no. No? I, no, not a stranger. I'm not saying go up to a stranger oh, and touch okay, yourself. Okay. So like if you're walking with somebody and you're <laughs> okay, on a date with them, okay, okay. I thought you were or they're like your partner, no, don't go touch we don't strangers want, yeah, we don't need any without their consent. No, lawsuits. get consent. Okay. No, no lawsuits. <laughs> um, no, but if you're walking with somebody you're on a date with, um, hold their go to hold their hand. Hold their hand. Put your hand on their shoulder. If you're at a restaurant and you're going up to, to go to the bathroom, touch their shoulder as you're walking by them. You have to communicate people. I, maybe a I'm interested footsie in you. Under the footsie, table. sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. That could be hot, ladies or men. Yeah. Or them. Or anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so it's it's important. And I always ask my clients when they're talking to me about dates. And I'm like, so what is flirting like for you? And what do you do? And um, What do you <clears throat> find is one of the most common answers? Uh, people do a lot of compliments. Um, I like that you did this. Or I really, I think this part of you is great. Um, but any sort of affirmation is good. Um but it's always a, a doorway to um, a sense, a doorway to, to someone's experience with security, confidence, self-esteem, etc. That oftentimes when we're flirting, we're putting ourselves out there, right? To say something like, I like you. And the hope is that, you know, we get that returned. But mm-hmm. so if you, someone's struggling with their self-esteem, they're not going to want to put themselves out there because the fear is that they're not going to get something back. So, yeah. um, you know, and this gets, I'm not big on manifesting or energy, sorry, but... This is when, you know, the energy that we put out is often what we get back. So I don't mean like vibrations. You don't mean like the secret, like energy. I do not. Right. (laughs) No. Or vibrations (laughs) or any of that shit. What I mean is that I'm putting energy out there saying, I really like you. That opens the door for someone to say, I really like you too. If I'm holding that stuff back and I'm just not making eye contact or kind of nervously laughing or not really giving any good feedback, it's rare that someone's going to like, give me positive feedback. It's, no one's going to really want to engage you in that similar way. So I really do believe that if you're putting something out there that's uh, it's welcoming and warm, the chances are you're going to get something welcoming and warm back. Um, but if you're cold and you're distant, which is okay, um, but chances are you're not going to get, you're going to get the same thing back. Well, I think also we should say that even if you are warm and putting good things out, just because someone may not reciprocate the way you want doesn't mean you're still not great. Because I think that's 100%. why a lot of people start getting self-conscious or mm-hmm. – I mean, I've done that where I'm like, oh, and you look away. But you yeah. don't know. That could be your husband or wife. It could be. Also, other pe- most people are just really bad at <laughs> – no, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Many people, some people, um, are just – they just can't do it. And they're, they, they're really bad at reciprocating and asking that follow-up question when you say my day was like, my day was blah, blah, blah. Some people are just not going to ask you, what am I saying? No. Some people are not good at reciprocal interaction. So if you're giving them a compliment, they may not give you one back. That sucks. Well, that does. If ever a guy likes me, they'll like usually comment on my shoes or something I'm wearing, hmm. like you said. So that's yeah. a good way to just break the ice. Yes. Ask for the time. You can act like you don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a flirt. What type is it? It's How a, do you flirt? It's a door opener. How do I flirt? Yeah. I stare. Do do? 
You stare. You do the five second stare. I do. Okay. And then I smile. Good and for you, you. And you feel you you start to get butterflies. I mean, I would imagine if you're staring at someone for that long, you're going to get something. You, I'm Diarrhea, not, I, I don't know. That's what I'm looking for. I want yeah. something. I want some reaction. Okay. You know, you got to, you because I think. You want to feel uncom- the discomfort. I want them to start to feel a little, like a little something. What was that? It's a little like effect. shift in down below. And, and they're. Well, you just, I think also what? in the area below. <laughs> In the area below. In the area below. And their dick. Say a dick. Yes. You okay. want, well, you just or want. Or penis. Or, you, you know, I think it's also that you hear all these things from different people. Like you're saying your therapist asking, <clears throat> oh, you got to try to smile. Or I've heard before, like, you can come off very intimidating to maybe a guy. or And so it's I, if you're in a group with a bunch of girls or if it's a bunch of men, I think you do have to put yourself out there or someone may not approach you. They may feel, you know, more nervous totally that's what i was saying if like, yeah. you know you gotta put what you put out is yeah most likely what you will get back yeah or go to the bar alone or leave your friends for like you know 30 minutes and i'm i mean i think it makes a difference so and i think we have gotten worse at flirting in person because everyone is so used to apps and dms and yeah it's so much easier to flirt textually i know, I know. like i'm so good at a text flirt and then in person, yeah. I'm like, "Where's come on? Yeah. Where's that wit?" No, I have a friend, but a I, guy, I get... a guy friend that over text, he's great. Yeah. And then in person, you're like, "Oh God!" Oh my God! No, I hope like, that's not no. me. That's well, so me. that is actually why you're on the show. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and here are all of your dates. And oh like, my God! Mortifying. No, it's act. No, it's nothing worse. It's a straight guy, and like he has like such game, and it's funny over that. And then when in person, you're just like. Where did it go? So you want to keep, you got to practice the skills. You got to practice He's anxious. I mean, that's why I struggle sometimes to bring my like wit and flirt in person right. when I'm on a date because I get anxious Yeah. Um, or I'm worrying about what they're thinking about me. But if I'm behind my phone and they're not in front of me and I'm completely alone, I'm like myself. And so it's a lot easier. It is. It so is. don't rule people out if there's a discrepancy between their textual yes. behavior and their... Um, in, in yes, real life. but I've, tr- I've tried many times with this yeah. person, so I, I, I've done what I can. What's interesting, though, is sometimes the sexting, how the sexting can mm-hmm. be, like, really bomb and awesome and hot. And then when you go to have sex, it's like, it's it's not there. This is why I... Which scares me because... Well, you should be scared, but let me tell everyone something. This is important okay. for everyone. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Okay. When you match with someone... Now, if you're just interested in... I'm not talking about everybody on Grindr. Okay. Why are you looking at me with that? Like, I don't understand <laughs> why Grider is a specific No, thing. but if I truly believe that when you match with someone, I think until you meet, keep the text into a minimum. Because it can happen what you're saying. You get this great connection. And then when you meet, it's not there or there's all these expectations that then aren't met. I think you want to meet in person. If, if that's what you are going for, maybe you just are going for a text relationship. I don't know who is or a text connection. So I just think then you'll be less let down. Um, I disagree. Okay. Now, but, well, why, well but, why, though? But for me, I, you know, I, I, I think this is a very personal thing. It's a preference. I don't no, think I'm there's right. like a, a factual thing. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Should we have our first argument? Yeah. Our, our conflict? I think there's, let me put it this way. I think there's less disappointment. If you're someone that so tends to get... So you're anxious about being disappointed. If you're someone that tends to be disappointed in people... Or, like, gets their hopes up easily. And I think, honestly, this is I more mean, if women. if you're going to be disappointed, you're going to be disappointed. Right. Whether you wait or not, well, so think, why not jump right I in? I think women are more likely, or maybe gay men, like, you start to imagine, like, this could be the one, right? Yeah, and then you're texting. That's yeah. part of the excitement. Exactly. And that's fine. But I think if you, I'm talking, like, weeks on end texting. Oh, before, yeah, totally. Before meeting. I'm no, not talking no, no, about, like, no. a, just a week. I'm oh. talking, like, they wait, like... I like I'll have some girlfriends and I'm like, well, did you ever meet him? And they've been texting for a month. I'm talking like I that. I know that happened to me once. It was yeah, but I'm just that's real. what I mean. Like I don't yeah. mean like for oh. a few days. No, no, no. I, yeah, no. I really like to text and no, sext I think, with people that I, think I haven't met fine. yet. It like gives me desire to want to no, see fun. them and fuck them and I be with mean them. like for like two weeks. But yeah, for weeks at a time. Yeah, if there I aren't d- any barriers, um, then you know you should probably try to meet when you can. Yeah, but people are so busy. But also, um, some and like honestly, I lose interest. They don't want to meet. And you may True. lose interest. I lose interest if someone's not engaging. I agree. And you should. I would um, say just stop text, you know. Yeah, like, like how babes. are you? I'm good. What did you do today? Work. 
What did what What do you do for work? What did you do during work? Well, you are, what does your work you look like? What's your office stimulation. like? You I want, need you want communication. The you want yeah. the details. But generally, when I think we started, I was talking about sexting. I think it's really. I'm a really big fan of sexting. I okay. think it's really important. Pictures? Whatever makes you feel most comfortable, hmm. even if it's just talking about sex. What do you like sexually? Um, especially as you're going to meet somebody um, for a date, which you're hoping that may turn into a relationship that you're going to be having sex with that person. You may want to talk about so sex. So what if someone's really has no experience <clears throat> doing that? What would, what would be like their first thing to even do? Like what if someone wants to do that that's listening and is like, well, I don't even know what I would say. Well, I mean, first you want to know what you like. So if someone doesn't have experience right. talking about sex, then you first have to figure out, okay, do some self-reflection and think mm-hmm. about what do I like sexually. Mm-hmm. And to keep in mind, that it's not like, hey, how are you? My name is Todd, and what are you into sexually? Not like I don't do that. But for someone who's uncomfortable, you don't have to jump right in like that. Um, you could go slow. You could talk to somebody for a day, and then the next day, if you're feeling maybe horny or you're looking at their picture, you mm-hmm. can comment on their body, and then you can say, speaking of your body being really hot, Mm. or, um, I don't know, be creative with it. Um, Kind of like if you're going to ask somebody, what's your favorite food? You would probably ask them what you have for dinner. Did you like it? Was it good? I'm craving this. You would talk about it. Um, And it's no different. It's just we all have so many different complicated histories with sex and communication and relationships. And it stirs up all of this anxiety. um, And it makes people really um, retract and withhold information about themselves sexually, relationally, etc. There's no right or wrong. It's just to say that if you can push yourself to talk about sex at the beginning, it does not have to be the first text message. It could be the third date. It could be the second date. It could be the first date. It could be the fourth date, whatever. But you want to want to talk about sex, what you're into, before you say, you know, be my partner or whatever. Um, so communication about sex, communication about relationship stuff. People are like, is it too soon? Is it, you know, there's no such thing as too soon. You, you need just to, want to make sure you, you do it. You need to test out the point. car before you yeah. buy it. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to get all the information. Right. So uh, A great one is, yeah. I just got out of a nice hot bath. Just saying. Could go either way. Yeah. Give information. Men or women. Just you, you don't even have to have a bath. Make it up. Yeah. And that's when if somebody was smart and they were going to flirt with you, they would comment on the idea of them fantasizing about you getting naked. out of a bath. Yeah. yeah. That's I some, like that vision. So I'm something just saying like it that. could be something. It doesn't even have to be like. I'm thinking about your cock. Just saying it could be something (laughs) way more, you know, could go either way. Exactly. I like that. Totally. So um, I have a question. Okay. Given the choice, why would I more often choose anonymous sex with total strangers over connected intimate sex with a partner I care for? Well, there's no – is that it? Well, there's another question. Oh. But that's different. I mean, there's oftentimes, especially on Instagram, I get a lot of similar questions when, you know, there's a whole rich history that informs the answer, and there's a lot of anxiety implicit in the question. Um, well, I'd like, to, I would like to know that as well. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of these questions are really hard to answer without, you know, I don't want to say I need to have their full biography and their full history and everything, but. Um, you know, I can answer it generally, but, I, you know, without knowing what's going on in their relationship, the type of sex they have with their partner. So what I would want to know <laughs> is I want to know what's going on in your primary relationship. Um, what type of sex do you have? Do you like it? You know, so I'd want to assess the type of sex they have with their primary partner. I'd want to assess the type of sex they have with casual partners outside the relationship. I'd want to know, you know, where are they having sex? What is it like? Who starts it? All those details. I could tell you. <laughs> I'm not okay. going to give away who it is. But, but before I go into that, I want to preface this with saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with having casual sex. If you're in a non-monogamous right. relationship and you're having casual sex with people that aren't your partner, that's 100% fine. Right. And even if – I think it's more to take it not even a step further, but it's more that why is it easier for not just this person but many people to have great sex with someone they've just met versus – someone they're in a loving relationship with. And and for me, I think sometimes it could be like maybe you just really let yourself go. Like there's no inhibitions. You're like, I'm never going to see this person again, right? So maybe that's why the sex is mm-hmm. hotter. Could be. So there's that. There's that some people like to feel like they're taking a risk, like depending on where they're having sex, like it could be dangerous, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Or they're afraid of intimacy, 
For sure. It's probably all of that. But this is when, you know, sex is not just about genitals. It's not right. just about an orgasm. It's about the, a relational dynamic. And even when it's with somebody who's ca- who's casual and you don't know them, even if it's Dom Top 5 and you don't know their name and you're in a dark room and you don't even know what they look like, that's a relational <laughs> dynamic where you're anonymous. They don't know you. They know absolutely nothing about you. You know absolutely nothing about them. You don't have to take care of them emotionally. You don't care that they didn't put yeah, the dishes so- away and they left all the cabinets open. And they're not resenting you for being out all night the is, night this before. This is you. This is you out all night. Didn't I put mean, the dishes I'm a in party the dishwasher. I can't. I just like to watch the sun go up. Okay. No, nothing could be further from the I truth. Know. I know. You're like <laughs> I go to bed, bed at eight thirty. You're in bed at like uh, eight o'clock. Do not keep me up. I will resent you. Yeah. Um, no, but so this is the relational dynamic of sex. So often it's like, well, people go to, well, I don't. I just like this person. I can express myself sexually better, but you're actually expressing yourself relationally better sexually. Um, if Wait, that I don't sense. understand. No. It's a relational dynamic, right? So as often as this is something that Sarah Pearl talks about a lot is that as intimacy increases, desire decreases. So the more that we know yes, somebody and the more somebody knows that? us, the less likely at times, especially over time in long-term relationships, right. we are to want to have sex with them. And that's not the rule. Um, it's certainly not the rule. It, doesn't apply to everybody, but it sounds like in this case that might be part of it. Right. Um, because, as I was saying, it's a relational dynamic that informs desire often, right. even when it's uh, anonymous. And so I would imagine that there is some kind of relief um, to obtain from somebody where you're unknown. Right. You're not necessarily being seen or having to, again, take care judged. of the other person. Yeah. You don't feel judged. So it could be some of that. It could be what I was saying about types of sex. Many people don't feel comfortable having super kinky or rough sex with their primary partners or expressing whatever kink with their primary partner because their primary partner once upon a time three years ago on Thursday said you know, that they weren't into it. And so forever that's ruined it for them. But there are so many different reasons That's why. That's a big straight man thing where it's like, you know you're the mother of my children. Right. I'll go I mean, s- do crazy shit with the prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's so many different reasons. No, of course. Um, it's not it's, one size fits all. The thing is, all. it's really common. I mean, the thing that I'm most curious about this in these dynamics is what do you, what do you want? Do you want to have more sex with your primary partner? Do you Are you happy having sex with other people and maintaining this relationship? You know, because there's nothing wrong with either of those or a third or fourth option. You know, I think it really comes down to we're really hyper-analyzing the way that we're fucking, the way that we're loving, and the way that those two worlds intersect. And there's no wrong answer. There's just a sense of empowerment that people need to hold on to in terms of what do I want? And the challenge there is that what do I want often gets so impacted by all of this cultural bullshit about what we think we should want yeah. or should be doing. Yes. And um, that's Amen. just a, it's a big problem. So, I mean, I would be curious about, you know, well, what do you want? What does your partner want? Is this something, you know, do you, you and your partner talk about sex? Um, are you perfectly happy with them not talking about sex or having sex with them once a month and other people um, outside of that? You know, this is really a chance for this person to author, co-author, their relationship, their sexual expression, everything, um, as opposed to think that something is wrong with them for wanting to have sex with somebody else. Um, so it's kind of like a two-fold, a two, uh, um, what am I trying to say, a two-fold question? No, that's not what I want to say. Um, but there's a reason behind why this is happening. And along with that reason, there's a question and response. What do you want to happen? And are you okay with that? Yeah, and I, I think I would just like to say if that if that is your thing, like you do want to just have sex with strangers, great. Yeah, awesome. Go. And I think that what you said earlier is that people get caught up. We all get caught up in these sort of the blueprint of what our life is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And that may not be your life or maybe you're not meant to be with one person or maybe you don't need to be in a relationship right now. That's okay. Don't judge yourself. Totally. So just be safe. Maybe carry a knife. <laughs> I didn't. We just took a total <laughs> swerve to the left. Well, carry a knife. Well, if you're, you know, meeting someone, or I mean, like I've asked you this many times, why am I attracted to Dexter? Oh, you keep going back to this because it's true. Like, I think I have an idea, but why? Why? And why do women? Well, you're why describing we, a fantasy, right? We're what? talking about a fantasy because you don't actually want to get murdered. Well, I would actually like to be wrapped up in the plastic. Okay. With with. But him. you don't want to be murdered, Michael C. Hall. If you're listening. Well, I don't mind. Like, like, well, (laughs) consensual, non-consensual murder is fine. But I. Many people have fantasies that involve violence. 
yes. and it doesn't necessarily translate to a desire for violence. It's it's about maybe a scene um, right. or something that you're enacting there. And also, I think if you showed up to someone's place and they're like, "Here's human sized plastic wrap. I'm gonna wrap you in it." <laughs> I don't know. I like. I don't fully believe. Do you really want? I'd be like, want... do you do a lot of shipping? <laughs> <laughs> I could actually use their help. I just bought a shipping label printer. Yeah, see, maybe maybe we need them. <laughs> we need their them help. Back. Yeah, probably. Um, but it's a fantasy. You can't. I mean, and one that sh- there are fantasies that we want to enact, and there are fantasies that we don't want to enact. Um, but this might be one that you want to enact. Maybe you want to simulate murder. I don't know. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> you're like not not no not no. I mean no. That's totally I don't. Fine. It's. It's, Some people want to get kidnapped. Some people want to fantasize about getting murdered. I mean, what's interesting These are all is fantasies, women, and like, you can role play them, and you can be safe, and it can be consensual. I mean, like in a role play way, not like I mean, many women have that fantasy, and they and totally. people. I feel like, especially of late, like you can't even say that anymore. Well, you have to really it's clarify taboo. it, and I mean, because people are traumatized, and people have been assaulted, and people have have been hurt, and so it really stirs up a lot of stuff for them. But yes, I mean, you can't. Of course. Um, But so it's consensual, non-consensual. I mean, people want to say rape fantasy. It's not a rape fantasy because there's no rape happening. It's consensual. So, you know, we're talking about consensual, non-consensual. Yes, exactly. That's important. Sex. Um, I don't even know what you would call murder. Consensual murder. (laughs) Well, there was someone in, um, where was it? Not Sweden, but there was someone. Was it Sweden? No, or Germany. There's some country where a man put a Craigslist ad he wanted to eat someone, and it was legal, and it happened. Wasn't that Army Hammer or someone here? No, oh. no. But he wanted cannibalism. No, this literally he he wanted to be eaten by this person, and it happened, and it was legal. We can't do anything in California. I just want everyone to know you can't do that. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't do, that. do that. So don't, no, don't don't try to get an ad out there. Mm. <laughs> don't put it. Cra- well, you can't do Craigslist ads anymore. I kind yeah, of this miss is, them. Yeah, this is sad. Um, okay. But you're talking about a fantasy and right. one that you may want to enact. Safely. Safely. With the partner safely. you feel safe with and comfortable right. with, et cetera. Michael C. Hall. As Dexter. Yeah. Okay. And there, look, there are so I have clients that come in with fantasies and they're like, I feel like this is bad. I shouldn't really, this shouldn't turn me on. Sometimes the fantasies are about their exes and they're like, I want to stop. Um, sometimes they're just about things they just don't want to be fantasizing about. And the, and the thing with fantasies, okay, so sure, we could maybe search within your psychological history and your childhood and find some explanation as to, you know, what what we're talking about here. Right. Or we could just accept the fact that this is something that turns you on. Yeah, and go with it's it. not that deep. Um, and I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm just saying these are your options and they're not for me to tell you you shouldn't explore the depth of which of, of the, the right. meaning behind your fantasies. And it's not for me to tell you you shouldn't. Um, but it is to say that all fantasies have meaning and um, it can be really powerful to um, to look for that meaning. Um, and it can also be really empowering not to and to just say, you know what, fuck it. I don't care. I just want to be fake murdered. Well, I mean, I know why I, the whole plastic. I know why I want that. But why? I, can, you, can you tell me why? I want to know. Well, for me, and I think this is true of a lot of women, like if you're a control freak, uh-huh. it is a turn on in the bedroom to be to have no control. Okay. So that's part of it where it's like. So I, you want to have control over not having control. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. And so, you know. If but then we it were... isn't. It is. It isn't control over not having control because you really don't know what someone's going to do. But you're you're the one ultimately in control. Right. If you're in a consensual role play, you don't give up control. Well, you can at any point. Dexter, you can say. I'm, yeah. But it's not Dexter. This is the fantasy of Dexter. Uh, you would say, OK, right, fake fine. Dexter. I think fake it's time Dexter. to stop. Yes, yeah. I've had words. enough. Safe yeah. Words. I've had enough. Right. I've had enough. Um, but there's also probably more meaning behind that. And again. That's up for, to you, yeah. whether you want to look. Like, I, um, there's a part of me that I like to be a bit of a voyeur sometimes. Um, yes. And, you know, okay. there's a history in uh, my past experience where um, I was really just invisible in my family. Um, and my father made me feel invisible. And there's a part of me that now has sexualized that and turned it into a fantasy. I mean... Of being invisible. Of being invisible, right? Of being okay. a voyeur and watching and not being seen, right? So... Okay. That's that was interesting for me, but I'm like, yeah, shocker! I was invisible as a kid, like, like great. This is sad. It is sad, but it's it, it's deepened my understand my self understanding. Right. But is it fully necessary? No, I mean, like, it has not improved my changed my life. Not saying that my life needs to be changed, but it's just like I also just don't 
give a shit that these are some of the things that I like. Um, so that's what I'm saying about fantasy. I mean, I like information. It just depends on what type of person. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to Amanda White about this where I like to be diagnosed. Like I want to know. Okay. But, but not everyone does. Everything now is so non-term, non-binary. No, yeah. I want to, the terms. Uh-huh. I want, yeah. I like. My Instagram account is literally your diagnosis. Yeah. And I'm literally, not. I wouldn't say I'm anti-diagnosis. I don't think you are. But, I don't think you but are. I'm not, Pro-diagnosis. I know, but everyone's different is what yeah. we're saying. And right. I think also, though, it comes back to, I feel like someone else sent me this question where why do a lot of people, and even just people I've known over time, you can have great sex with someone you really hate. Or sometimes the best sex of your life. I'm going through my Rolodex. The relationship. <laughs> it's long. It's, it's, well, it's or sometimes long. the best sex of your uh, life is with someone that like nothing else works in the relationship. I, I was talking to someone about this last week, and we were laughing because I said, oh, my gosh, that was like so-and-so. And he said, that was like so-and-so for me. Like, nothing else works in the relationship. But, the, you know, you get digmatized. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. You can connect with somebody on many levels and not sex. You can connect with somebody only on sex. And you there's no big rhyme or connect with somebody reason. only on food or fashion and nothing else. Like, you know. How long do you wait to talk to a new love interest about monogamy? Right away? Right away. Or wait till it comes up. I'm going to talk about it right away. Why do you say right away? Why not? But what if it's someone that gets super turned off by it? Then they may not be the person for so you. What if you could like, what if you really like them? So you could, you'll have to, I mean, uh, oftentimes we, we imagine like, how do I do this? When is the right time? Yeah. And we forget the fact that we're actually going to be there in the room having the conversation, like responding. So like if someone <laughs> freaks out, you know, most of us know how to respond and de-escalate, hopefully. So, but I, I, I mean... When we're talking about relationship goals and preferences, especially with monogamy and non-monogamy, I think that's a pretty big one. Um, you know, to ask somebody right from the I mean, I ask right from the beginning. I'm like, what are you doing on this dating app? What are you doing? What are you looking for? Just so we're all on the same page. Because someone's like, just going with the flow. I don't know. Well, that's just like checking your things out. worst I'm like, nightmare. Yeah. I'm like, I need, and you not because I'm like, I need a plan, but I like somebody who can communicate what they want. And like, I, I just can't, like if someone doesn't know what they want, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, even like, if their communication is yeah, like, like, I'm not looking I, for anything serious. Great. At least right. you're telling Tell us me what, what you, want. you want. Yeah, I would ask right from the beginning. Ask them what they're looking for. You're looking for a relationship. You're looking to date. You're looking to fuck. Oh, what kind of relationship do you ever do you think about monogamy? Do you think mm-hmm. about non-monogamy? It's also an interesting conversation to have with a partner. Yeah. Um, especially now because we all, not we all, but many of us grew up in a culture where non-monogamy was really... Uh, stigmatized and Mm -hmm. now things have changed a lot where so many people are non-monogamous and polyamorous and um, it's front and center in terms of any sort of relational discussion Um, so it could be also an interesting conversation to have so I would say have it right at the beginning and also explore the anxiety that is implicit in that question about your needs or your feelings or thoughts or goals having a negative impact on somebody else right wow see why they pay you the big bucks yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, okay. This is, I get a lot of questions like, how do I tell my partner I miss sexting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do I tell my partner I want this in bed? How do I tell okay. my partner I yeah, want how them do you tell them to do what these things? Okay. Which I find, I find this such an interesting question, the how do I tell somebody something mm-hmm. question. Because mm-hmm. like we tell people things literally all day. like All day long. All day long. Mm-hmm. I would like a venti latte. I, I, I don't. I want that. <laughs> you <but>. don't. <laughs> I would like to be consensually uh, fake murdered. I want to see Daxter. <laughs> okay. Michael C. Hall, come. Um, uh, literally. Um, I know. Oh, oh. But like we spend all day telling people things. So we have the tools. Our brain knows how to do it. Well, but people get, like you said, we're going back to the beginning. People don't want to be shut down or or people ha- or are have be rejected anxious. be rejected yeah. yeah and this is relational and I get anxiety it. i get it is that you know i have tons of it i get it with those people me i've never had anxiety before but, <laughs> but she but um i'm always calm i don't obsess about things um doing just great um no but these questions of how do i tell yeah, you know so, why don't you, what happens that you lose access to your self definition right I know what I want. I, I say I would like salmon with a side of broccoli. What happens that all of a sudden I've forgotten how to order my food, right? But it's not that simple. It's because people are exactly. – the waitress isn't going to be like, don't ever come back to this fucking restaurant again. Exactly. I, we don't That's have exactly salmon and broccoli. That's exactly my point. You finished yeah. my sentence. And yeah. Oh. 
because there's a lot more consequence to some of these things. And those consequences are informed by our own bias, our own personal histories, our own traumas, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we shut down. So what I'm trying to get at is the, the how do I tell my partner thing. You know how to tell your partner. You know how to ask for these things. The challenge is really understanding why it becomes so difficult to ask for these things. What in your history, what in your current present uh, relationship, what role does your partner play, what role do you play, et cetera. But when it comes to how do I tell my partner I want to sex more, you literally say, I want to sex more. <laughs> it's not a yeah, mystery. That, that um, doesn't seem or how do I tell my like, partner I want to be spanked? You know, like I get questions a lot like I that. I think people get very self-conscious. But people get self-conscious. Like there's shame and there's anxiety. Um, and there's likely mm -hmm. for all of us, we all have some version of trauma that tells us when to... Um, express ourselves when to withhold ourselves. And so there's something going on there where people right. are just defaulting reflexively to a place of withholding because they're scared. And I think I think also that's, again, kind of goes back to something we said earlier where you said ask about monogamy yeah. right away. Don't If you're a freak, don't try to hide it for too long. And or, a freak is like a positive, wonderful thing. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm talking about if you're into Dexter and plastic. You're talking about yourself. I'm talking about myself. Okay. <laughs> so if your name is Katie. Yeah. No, but I mean like I've been I've done this before where you try to be what you think a man wants. Is that on your hinge profile? Should I? I'm not even on hinge, but but you would probably get into a relationship. You try so fast. to, you know, and then you realize, wait, when can I show this person the real me? And I think that can happen to a lot of people. And then they're like, wait, I don't like this. I don't want this. And now I can't even tell my partner what I want. Exactly. Um, the question was, is it okay to have sex with multiple with more than one person in a day or in a week? <clears throat> um, this is an easy one. Yeah, have sex with as many people as you want. Just be safe. Get consent. Do what you want. There's, there's you know, diseases out there. Um, I, there's... I get all this shit about sex addiction and masturbation addiction and porn addiction, and I'm not even going to go into it. But um, the way that we understand what's too much and what's too little is cultural. There is no inherently factual right or wrong um, way to express yourself sexually. And you ask one person, they'll say three people is enough. You ask another person, they'll say, no, one is too much. One is enough. You shouldn't even have sex once a day. I, you know, Everybody has everyone is going to have place. a different answer. There's no right answer to this. Um, but I do think that people need to start thinking about how culture informs the way that we see sex, how many people we have sex with, who we have sex, where we have sex, the type of sex we have, um, and the limitations that we put on that and the boundaries that we say this is bad, too much, unethical, wrong, etc. Um, because that's that's really cultural. And no, I'm not talking about abuse. And no, I'm not talking about assault. And no, no, no. Yeah. None of that non-consensual stuff. Um, but when it comes to someone, if you're having fun and you're not hurting somebody and your partner's into it and you're into it, then that's great. Whatever. Go ahead. Yeah. Fun. Explore. This is a good one. How to work on self-esteem after a breakup and feeling like I'm not good enough. That's good. Yeah. Um, breaking up is is awful. It's it's literally like a death. It's ending a life with somebody and ending an identity, um, the person that you were with that person. Um, it's There are many different endings. Sometimes there are transitions um, geographically. Sometimes there are ch transitions um, where it you're is living. Like a death. Yeah. Sometimes there are family transitions if you have children or you're living with extended I mean, there's, there's so many ends that happen. Um, and so so often that's just going to rock your entire world, especially your self-esteem, because you completely have lost yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and you really need to rebuild who you are as a separate person, as an independent person, as an autonomous person. Um, you know, it took me a long time before I stopped saying, well, we went there, like when talking about past vacations. When we were oh. in Italy and we went there, blah, blah, blah. You know, because okay. I was with my ex for a while. And so when we're How with somebody for a long time. Uh, almost 10. Okay. Um, and so it just, it takes some time. Um, but so... Um, how to work on self-esteem. Um, uh, By the way, how long, but do you think, I have a question, honestly, as a therapist, do you, uh, like, if someone wants boundaries, like, they do well with themselves with boundaries, as in, the, what I mean by that is, okay, don't use that word, or don't go to that website, is that good to get over an X? Like, to put a boundary, like, oh, let's say, you, you were saying... I'm not going to say we anymore? Like that. No, not we, that would be impossible, but let's say yeah. you always went to some restaurant. If I was at Thursday, I would say, like, well, maybe we don't want to go to that restaurant for a while because I think that's going to make someone mm -hmm. upset. Like, sure. to kind of treat, be kind to yourself, you yeah. know? I mean, everybody, you know, you, if that's something that really triggers you or is upsetting. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And it's a lot of trial and error. This kind of don't talk, no contact, you know, 
lock yourself away. You know, I think it's I, what works for you. It, yeah, and you really have to do what works for you. Um, but so a lot of people, I think maybe this question is talking about self-esteem after being broken up with. Got um, it. Maybe. I don't know. But if that's the case, it's it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still, it's a lot of endings. There's a lot of loss. Um, there's a lot of ways in which you may be internalizing and taking responsibility for that loss that you, I wouldn't say you shouldn't because I don't, don't like that word, but um, you may want to figure out why it is that you're taking responsibility for that. Um, but it's really hard not to feel rejected and to feel confident after you've literally just gone to you've the just relationship. Been rejected. You, you've just been rejected or even not. You're going through major loss. A breakup is like major surgery. And so it's not going to be a time where you're feeling confident. You're not going to f- have self-esteem. It's just going to feel awful. And you're going to have to go through a grieving process. And that's grieving yourself and grieving the parts of the relationship that you've lost. And then you literally have to rebuild a new identity. Um, and that means reconnecting with friends who you may have gotten distant go to because the spa go that's to, what I'm saying I mean hello that's on my list get massages get facials get treated nicely. get in the bath get in the bath mm-hmm. do things that are fun do things Animals. that are pleasurable masturbate go on dates with other people see other people desiring you I think this is a really big that's hard I think for people that have had a bad I think it's up. really hard but mm-hmm. I think it's really actually very important because just force yourself <clears throat> I, I mean you not, kind of no. have to if you can't and you don't want to totally fine no but, but I think you know, it's a really important part of moving I agree. on. Not necessarily saying go on a date so you can go get married and have five no, children and buy to property like together. Get the stink Not no, off but you. yeah, to really recognize, oh, I can really actually desire someone else, or someone else can desire me, or yeah. I can have a good time with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be scary, and of course it's going to be, but um, I do think it's a really important part of of moving on. No, it is. When I broke up with my ex boyfriend, the first date I went on, like it was. It was awful. Not in that it was an awful day. We went to a great restaurant. But it all I could think about was him, right? Mm-hmm. But I still – but then the next day it was better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like – it's like when you really don't want to go to the gym, but then you go and you feel exactly. better. I mean, it's it's sort of like that, like getting back on the horse. It's not it's not easy, but you know, you know what they say? The best way to get over someone is under someone. Oh, God. <laughs> it's true. If you want someone to be on top of you – well, you know. If they're Michael C. Hall. Oh, God. Here we you. go. Here we go. Um, but get into whatever position you want. Okay. We don't need to get into the... <laughs> just, I'm just, that's just like a, you know, to go get back on the horse. You've just gotten back on the horse. Your horse is beautiful. Oh, Finny, I know. But you know what I, I, you know what I learned from my teacher? What? I was, I'm riding with my vagina too much. I need to ride more with my butt. Your teacher said that. You're riding, they said verbatim, you're well, riding I with your pelvis. Well, I said things are hurting probably. below. Oh, no, oh. no, no. And she goes, she started laughing. She goes, you know what I tell the kids? Don't ride on your crotch. Okay. So my cousin said I was trying to like captivate the horse that I was riding on my, <laughs> oh, God. so I, you have to sit back on well, a horse. Guys. On a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can sit back on someone too. Um, I get this question a lot. How to handle sex partners struggling to stay hard? Um, Leave them. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cut that out. No, don't even put a joke out there like that. Everyone will now lose their erection. Oh, I'm joking. And, oh, God forbid... Of course, we made you know oh, God the blue you sound pills like my mother. to save the it's men. Just we a never joke. look at like women and their problems. Okay, I'm okay. not I'm, sorry. No, we go should ahead. look at everyone's no, problems. No, go ahead. Let's talk about the penises. No, I think we should talk about vulvas and clitorises okay. and penises okay. and assholes you know what? and taints. But no, if you have a partner that is struggling to stay hard, no matter what their genitals are, if someone's having an issue sexually, the first thing you definitely don't want to do is take it personally. Um, right. It might be personal. You're involved. You're there. Maybe it is about you. How can you. you not take it personal? Even well, though I you have to put all of condition. your effort into not take it personally. People get right. anxious. People have anxiety. People are inhibited. People are tired. People are constipated. People are bored. Um, people are preoccupied. Many people, I want to say, everybody has sexual issues. Everybody has sexual yes. issues. And it comes up one way or another. For some people, it may come up in a lack of arousal. You might be not hard. You might not be wet enough. Um, it right. doesn't make a difference. Um you want to give space to someone to have issues. It'd be kind of like if someone was sad and you're like, is this my fault? 
you know, if and you made their set, and it, well, now it is. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you personalize your partner's lack of arousal, you're going to make it your problem because it will be about you because you've just created a pressure cooker environment for them where they're probably already anxious. Right. Um, you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to <clears throat> bring more anxiety. But if you're noticing that your partner is not wet or hard or doesn't seem into it, you may want to pause and be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> Ask yeah. them, what can I do? Or may- do you want to like? maybe go do something else? Yeah, or you can just kiss. Let's watch a movie. Or, or cuddle or hold each other. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be um, fucking hard or giving oral sex, et cetera, in order to be having fun. So if you're noticing that mm-hmm. or if it's you who's struggling to get hard or stay wet or be in the moment, you can pause and say, can we just can we pause for a second? Can you just kiss me? Um, or can we switch? Or can we get into a different position? Or... Um, Go for a walk or do something else and come back to it. Or can we please stop? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Or tell them, you don't turn me on anymore. I'm over it. (laughs) That would be direct. I'm direct, honey. Oh, I I like that. If you don't know what you're doing down below, I will literally tap the head and say, you know what? It doesn't work for me. I've never faked an orgasm. I don't have time to show anyone anything. Well, then you may have a lot of problems (laughs) because a lot of men don't know what they're doing down there. And you're going to have to give them uh, guidance, Well, I will guide you, but if you still can't can't get it, it's like, you know. You're going to have to pull down the thing and like (laughs) click the clitoris and be like, it's right there. No, I actually think I've, I've, I think there's a lot of skilled men out there. Oh, for sure. I, I'm not, but I'm just saying that giving you your partner instructions, Absolutely. even if they are skilled. You, you Everyone likes stuff different. Yeah, I agree. The pressure, the speed, the frequency, the right. rhythm, the noises. the And don't be afraid to say, I don't like room. that. Sometimes you get exactly. with someone and they're really like something, into something. You don't want to say no. Just it's say, oh, you know what? I'm not into that. Let's do this or yeah, something. Yeah, you want to provide an alternative. Because yeah. it's so if you're the one who's giving somebody pleasure and someone says, yeah. stop, stop that. <laughs> you know, well, that's never happened to me. Oh, good for you. She's a professional. <laughs> kind of. Should I, should, I get, should I get into a different Yeah, OnlyFans is waiting for you. Oh, God, my dad would be so proud. He doesn't need to know. He's on. He's, he's on OnlyFans. He... <laughs> <laughs> no. But he's like, you know, he's he's on an industry as a private industry. I mean, with that bone structure. Well, you Maybe know. he should be. <gasps> That's not, don't talk to my dad like that. Dad. This is over. Get me out of here, Charles. Uh, you're definitely going to want to give people instructions. No, yes. Don't be af- afraid to. But also, if you've tried and tried and tried, I don't. you don't want to stay with that person. If it doesn't work, some people's bodies don't click. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it's not going to be a match. Um, but you are going to want to really start with giving somebody all the information they, they can I agree. They people can are not give mind people readers. people the tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or a map, uh, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, I think again, if someone was sad or if someone was a little anxious or whatever, you know, what would you do? You'd probably ask them, "What's the? Is everything okay? What are you thinking about? Um, is there anything I can do for you? Um, would you like this Xanax? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you would probably want to tend to their symptoms or um, to be non-clinical, their feelings. Um, <laughs> I just called feeling symptoms. <laughs> It's, uh, so yeah, so you just the, the challenge is that usually that question is coming from a place of help. I think this is my fault. Um, and if it's coming from a place of help, I want to help. Provide help. Ask them what they need. Say, I mean, it it's coming down to the basics. Like, do you like this? That and can be as communicative as you can. Is it politically okay? Oh God, I know. It's never a good way to start a question. Well, English is this person's second language. Okay. Is it a good idea to get in a relationship with your ex-boyfriend? Yes. Oh, I mean, you're you're playing with fire. If you love somebody and your ex can't be happy for you, fuck them. What if your ex is dangerous? I mean, so then the question is, what if you have a dangerous ex, not what if you fall in love with your ex's ex? So the Yes, yeah, so the, I think this... If your ex is dangerous usual, and violent, yes. you want to get a restraining order. Yes, and maybe not, like, date their ex. I mean, sure. In that specific situation, you know, you may want to be careful. But if you if you, I get what you're saying. If you somebody, really fall in love like, with someone, yeah. yeah. But if it's like, why... If someone's a murderer, like, They're not a murderer, get but, safety. But I think it also, why are you looking for more drama in my opinion if someone is 
ends up dating someone's sure i mean like you know what I, I was mean? on an app and right? i saw somebody's ex and i was like oh, not gonna go there yeah but like i don't mean <clears> if, if it look if it just happens it's one yeah, thing. yeah but like i don't know i'm really good friends with my ex and i feel like if i started dating his ex he'd be fine i don't know maybe i don't think he would i mean he wouldn't be like i'm now gonna murder you so well right you. But I don't think he'd be thrilled. But I wouldn't not. Like, it's so hard to meet somebody and connect. I agree. So, like, if they're an ex, if they're an ex-best friend, if they're, uh, Well, and I think there's you know, reasons why, you know, a lot of times, I I mean, I watch a lot of Dateline and 2020 and murder documentaries. You might want to stop that. Um, you do watch a lot of news. No, I do. Don't you? I love the news. And a lot of times it'll be, you know, the widow of the best friend's husband, and then they end up getting married because... They have things in common. You know, people always knock it, but it's like what you're saying. It's hard to meet people. It's hard to connect. I say whatever. Okay. So long as someone's not violent and murderous. We keep My, coming back to murder. Yeah. You really do have a, an obsession with murder. Does your uh, therapist know this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why are you going always dating someone who is connected to your ex who we know is not, who has kind of become a stalker? That, this that, sounds like a very specific situation. Yeah. And so I think that's a very specific. specific <laughs> but like generally, specific. I wouldn't say like universally, so like generally it's not a good idea not to a, do these. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. But maybe with this person, if they're violent and they have a pattern where they're dating people, that it creates problems for them yes. and well, their social why, circles. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I why mean, do I honestly don't know. That? I think that's a judgmental thing to say you should or shouldn't. I don't know. But should okay, they not? So if, like what? Well, okay. I'll make this even more of a general question of, because I think probably a lot of people would want to know this. If you have a pattern of dating the same kind of person, uh-huh. why – and it's not succeeding. It's not going well. Why do you think someone keeps doing that? Well, I mean, that's about earlier stuff. But I don't – I mean, that's different from, like, exes and, and, and things like that. But if someone's dating – has a pattern of dating somebody who's emotionally unavailable or who's violent right, or right. abusive or just yeah, no, horrible and toxic, yeah. you know, there's a lot of <laughs> – there's or, a lot of Or not even there. that deep where it's just like – why does like you someone keeps dating these men where it's like they seem available then they're not you know like I have a girlfriend where it's like why do you keep going back and then you know that yeah well I mean that describes, that's a deeper like, thing forty percent of the planet yeah of course I mean um I don't know I think there's probably information in their history in terms of their past relationships maybe they're unavailable um, they're seeking out relationships that can never come to fruition so because they don't really want they're a relationship. not available not because they don't want a relationship but um, they do want a relationship they're trying really hard but the right. reality is they're trying with people where relationships can't where they know happen. it won't succeed yeah but again you know I think um, I was talking about this with a friend in terms of thinking about relationships no I used to do that I used longevity to date, yeah. and the future of, of a relationship. And I think we think about relationships incorrectly. Um, that, you know, oh, well, I shouldn't see this person because it can't go anywhere. Well, why okay. not? Just oh. because it just because it doesn't go somewhere, meaning where? I don't know where, where that where oh, is. But this is not good advice. No, I think this is important. All right. Because this on. is cultural. Is that it but it depends upon what you want. Like it depends on the person. I would like a relationship. So right. but at the same time I'm still allowing myself to date people where I'm like, I don't think this is somebody that I'd want to spend a long period of my life with, but I like spending time with them now, and I'm going to spend time with them now. Right, but that's you, where I think the difference, and I'm assuming you're having sex with these people, correct? And other things. Okay, fine. I'm, uh, no judgment, but oh. listen, no, this is important. Oh? No, no, you can have sex with everyone. But as a woman, uh-huh. straight woman having sex with a man, this is very important. In my opinion and my experience with myself and my other female friends, I think it's very hard to sleep with a man and not get attached somehow. Honest, even if they're not right for you. For it's, some people, it is. I this think, is not gender specific. Right. It's not. There's I no factual that data that suggests that women have more. Yes, there is. The oxytocin that's released. It's, it's not. Women, just as much as men, crave sex. It's not. And it but doesn't, they've done and it's studies not, with the oxytocin that is released. And then you, not, you feel closer not, to the guy, like where you can go to bed. There is no gender specific marker that says that women feel uh, more connected to someone they're having sex with there more is. than a man does. Do you want me to bring up does. these articles? Sure. 
But okay. from everything that I know and the work that I do, that's it's a cultural phenomenon where it says that you know the women are from Mars and men are from Venus. Whatever. I'm not saying that. All that. I'm saying from my own experience. <clears throat> but for you, yeah, right. sure. And the, but, and the, I've known and maybe a lot many of, of women. your friends too. But when it comes down to it, it's not a gender specific trait. It might be culture specific. It might be expressed. And by the way, some men may feel this way too. Yes. Yeah. And many men do. I do. I mean, I often feel connected to somebody if I have sex with them and I like them. I'm like, so let's I'm just, just get married right now. I've known you for one hour and I'm good to okay, go. Okay, so I here do. we go. So um, I'm just so saying it's... you want to – I'm just saying I think it's more dangerous to just have casual sex for certain people. Sure. But I don't know if I'd use the word dangerous. <laughs> I would. Because I, I mean dangerous in the sense with your heart. Like I, I, like, I can't just sleep Why with not? anyone. I'm I mean, just telling you. But some people for you, get that's more. fine. I'm just saying, like, generally, I would not give. I would not say like flat out. Like, no, I think shouldn't. what you're saying is you're fucking everyone. I mean, I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> I can only try. Um, but um, no, I, I'm just saying that we think about relationships. Like, so this isn't going anywhere. But like, and then so I'll be like, "Well, you're having, are you having fun?" Yes. The way that we think about relationships, we're not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying we have to kind of reflect about, okay, do we really need to be thinking about? I'm having a good time with this person. The sex feels good. How much am I putting pressure on myself, this person, this relationship, and how much does that pressure and expectation shape my experience of it? And how much of that do I need to change? It's just a lot of reflecting that needs to be done. There's no rules, and that's what I'm just trying to get right, at. Right. Is that there's no yeah. kind of universal universality to saying that. Okay, well, you should only date people that you know is going right. to lead to a relationship if you want a relationship. Because I want a relationship, but I can date and have sex with people. So I you're know not of the people. school of thought where people, there are people and therapists and books that are like, if you want a relationship, you can't be dating or sleeping with other people or it won't come to you. You're not sending out the. No, I, don't. I think that's, that's silly that's too. Ridiculous. Yeah, no. but I'm telling you, the people hear stuff. But like everybody's that. specific. But like your friend who has a pattern of dating unavailable toxic right, that's people, different. I'm that's not... probably specific to her history. Or if you're really wanting to have a baby right now, like, no, you should probably should yeah, be looking you should for, probably, yeah, you know, time be to looking settle for out. a partner. But it's just individual specific. It's, it's not. Um... No, I agree with that. Yeah. Great. I'm glad we're on the same page. Mm. I have a question. Mm. Ready? Is it normal to not enjoy anal sex? I mean, I, I sometimes I like eel, and sometimes I don't. Okay. Good answer. Is it? I don't know why eel. Actually, I always like eel. I had sushi the other night. I didn't have eel, and I was like, damn it, I should have gotten eel. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes... It, I don't even know how to. <laughs> Is that a serious question? I don't. I don't. I, I will ask. Well, okay, but there's again. We have to think about all. So what's the, sometimes with these questions? There's so these questions. Right, like what is there's normal? There's so little known. No, no, no. In terms of, but like, okay, if I'm, I'm just <clears throat> guessing from this. So if you're a man and you're in a relationship, and let's say you are end up being more of the bottom and you really don't enjoy anal sex. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what the question is really getting at is penetration. Um, yes, we're talking, talking about penetration. Yes, and we're many talking about people, penetration. Yeah. gay, straight, cis, right. man, woman, blah, whatever, yeah. um, penetration for people is not fun. Some people don't like it. Right. But there's so much pressure in relationships and sex. And you have to just feel like you have to do it. The fuck. And the reality is, is you know, uh, many people don't don't necessarily want to or need to fuck. Many people do. Um, but again, that's something that's to talk about. I think that's an important, important that point that, that you not many people make, but you have made. I think it's important. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. You just have to talk about it and mm-hmm. and know that it's okay if you don't want to fuck or get fucked. Whether it's some people, it can't stay hard or can't receive penetration, um, or aren't wet enough, or just it feels painful, um, or they don't want to do any prep work, or they're mm-hmm. not in the mood, or they're not ready, or they're full, or they're bloated, or or or, or it doesn't matter. They have their period. There's whatever. no like hierarchy. And other than personal preference in terms of the sexual, the specific sexual act that's being done, whether it's oral, anal, vaginal, ex- clitoral stimulation, etc., there's no real hierarchy. It's just a cultural thing where um, penetration has become so central to how we understand sex. Um, and um, it sounds like this person feels shame about not wanting to yes, or... be a receptive partner for penetration mm-hmm. um, because it, there's a lot of pressure um and gay straight trans all kinds of communities to fuck mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. again you don't have to fuck to have fun um, but there's many men like i can who just do. i can and just speak on or straight men where maybe that's the only way they can come you know they can't right. come from this and so they, they might not come. be a partner for you and they may not be the right which one which is for why you. it's important to yeah. talk about yes yeah. like, i'm very clear i don't need to have penetration to have fun and i right. 
if someone is just like, oh, I really have to fuck, I'm like, next, I'm then, you know, right, this goodbye. isn't going to work. Not mm-hmm. because I don't want to have penetration, but like, I'm satisfied just getting off by myself with somebody next to me. Like, I don't, mm, like, as long too. as it's fun yes. and I get off and I'm like having pleasure, I don't give a shit right, what but I'm Sam doing. Met, but it, some yeah. people learn yeah. that sex with a partner, if in order for it to be pleasurable, it has to be some kind of penetrative thing. And that's fine. And that's great for them. Um, but I think that's an important point that many people don't rule. make. You're the and one that's really brought it to the surface, honestly. No, I mean everybody talks about it. But, but, well, but, they d- not. I'm making. I'm giving you a thank compliment. You. Honestly, I've never heard that before. And or maybe it's in the straight world. You always feel like, yeah. oh, we gotta have sex. You know. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to have have anal sex if you don't want to. No, I'm talking about talking other about sex. <laughs> oh, other sex. Yeah, have other sex. I'm talking about other. Like I'm talking about. I just, mean, the other thing is that. I'm talking about I, vaginal sex. Vaginal like sex. Some women have pain with it, or but they feel like they have, have to. Absolutely. Right. And a lot of women ignore their pain because they learned that yeah. their male counterpart's pleasure is more important. Yes. Um, and they minimize their pain and they grit their teeth and they go through it. Don't do that. Don't, no. Like, do not do that. Um, if you feel an ounce of pain, you should stop, no matter what type of experience you're having. Even if you're talk- talking about, like, I was going to say running, but running is just painful. <laughs> um, but right. whatever experience you're having, pain... It's re- and if it's not purposefully part of it, then you want to stop. Otherwise, you're training your body to experience pain. Um, but um, the actually, the more things you can like sexually, the better. So people that only want to fuck are very limited in terms of their sexual expression. See, I am open <clears throat> to many. I'm, I'm talking many things. Many things. With, the, with Dexter. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That's opens you got up. Many it's a that lot opens of, up, there's yeah. a lot of doors yeah. open there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there like a lot a trap door in your in your house? Is that what's really being renovated? Your Dexter room? <laughs> oh my God! Stop! Now you're gonna like extend Sorry. my construction. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's scary. I don't let the... That's scary to me. Okay. I don't want to. I don't, don't want that. No, 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 no. I don't want any trap doors. Okay, I take an SSRI and it makes it really hard to come. Any advice? This is really common. Some SSRIs and SNRIs um, are going to. May make it hard for you, you to get around. Can you ask them what they're on? What are you on? Um, <laughs> I, it's, right. I, don't, I hate saying we because it's like, who the fuck is we? But we don't know what's going to have an impact on someone's right. um, arousal and pleasure and ability to orgasm until you start taking it. So some people are going to be really sensitive to it. Others not. Some drugs are, are uh, going to impact your arousal and orgasms more than others. Um, but this isn't something to be ignored. You want to talk to your doctor about yes. it. Um, if you're a sexual person and it's really hard to get off um, with partner alone, then you want to talk to your doctor and try different medication. There's so many different medications. Yeah, or sometimes they can add another medication to your SSRI yeah. to alleviate. But don't that. ignore it. No. No. You'll be more depressed. I get this question a lot too age differences in relationships. Oh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, I think we, you know, this is what I was saying about relationships and how we think about them and, you know, where are they going? Well, you know, what are the rules? What are the demographics? Oh, what about that book, The Rules? Oh, I don't even know what that is, but I probably hate it. You probably hate it, yeah. People love <laughs> I that book. I hate rules. Okay, it's literally called The Rules. Rules are made to be broken. Well, it's, it, it, I'm surprised you don't have clients that haven't come to you and brought I'm, up this what book. What is this, The Rules? I'm, I'm sure it's a lovely book. Um, <laughs> No, it's like a movement. It's all, it, it's like your worst nightmare. But it's like, don't call the guy ever. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't with that. Uh, don't, don't call ask, him ever. Don't ask him out. You can't <laughs> Block make the their first number. Move. You can't make the first Make move. them find you. <laughs> yeah, they have to find you in the <laughs> Block <dark>. them. Yeah. <laughs> Shut them out of your life and yeah. see if they can find their see way if back they to you. find their way back. Oh, God. Um, no, I mean, I think we have to stop thinking about all of these different rules and demographics. And is, is someone communicative? Are they responding to your text right. messages? Are they available? Um, Do you want the same things if you're th- looking for gonna, certain yeah, things? Yeah, there are going to be barriers when it comes to age and geography and, you know, the uh, individual capacities to work through those barriers are really what it depends upon. If someone is available, aware, willing to work through something, right. the demographics of, of their identity or their age or anything, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You just want someone who's cooperative, who's not oppositional, who's willing to work through things, who can communicate, who's flexible right. and agreeable and, you know, wants to be in it Unless with you. Unless you're looking to have a baby and maybe they're, you know, they've already had kids or they're like, a, but, you know, older. You know, they could still be a parent if they're older. It really just depends on personal preference. Um, but there's no, like, data that suggests that relationship satisfaction can't happen depending on certain age differences. Um, but there is a lot of research um, that says 
relationships are not satisfying if you don't communicate, if you don't um, connect, if you don't have fun together, if you don't have a good sexual connection, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you really want to focus on those things that really right. contribute to relationship satisfaction and stop thinking about demographics or things like that because they, they really don't Well, matter. I think also you should know what your, for lack of a better term, language of love is. You know, sure. know what yeah. that is because many people don't. Or like you said, it's general. Like, you know, when you say you go on a date and you ask someone, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, what do you want God. someone to say on Jesus. a date when you say, what do you want? I'm looking for a relationship. Uh, that's what I want them to say. Okay. I don't know. What if they're just hard. saying that? I just think it just drives me crazy because it's like, why are you on a dating app? They want to fuck. Right. Go on Grinder. Or say, oh, is this not grinder? No. Or say, I want to fuck. Yeah, but this kind of, I'm just, I'm just on you know here. What, no man, expectations. Let's not. Let's not I hate that. unintentional effort. Unintentional relational effort is a communication, right? So if you're on okay. a fucking dating app, you're putting intentional effort to create a profile and put yourself out there for what? Say, I'm looking to meet somebody for a connection. They're bored. You don't have to say, I'm looking to get married and buy property together tomorrow. You are. I am tomorrow. I'm available. I love for that. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it drives me crazy. And people don't know what they want. They can't communicate. Yeah. But you know what? I just want to say something. I know people that have met their husband on Grindr. So let's not yeah, knock Grindr. I met my ex on Adam for Adam. We were together forever. Okay. So we're not knocking you Grindr or Scruff or any of those. I didn't. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. All right. Well, you're saying, you know, I just, I think... I think people are on apps for all different reasons. I think so many people are not on them for relationships. Mm-hmm. They think they have to be. Pressure. So they should say it. Well, they're not all, they don't really know how to say it, maybe. I know. That drives me crazy. To be continued. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. A big shout out to Todd Baratz for joining me. This was so fun. So fun. Where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at Your Diagnonsense, or you can go to my website, ToddSBarrett's.com, but that is confusing. So go to Instagram at Your Diagnonsense. Or Grinder. Or Grinder. Okay. No. I don't want to know. Actually. I don't want to know what your name is on Grinder. <clears throat> okay. It's your diagnosis. No way. It's not that. It's not like oh nine plus no. and a dollar sign. I don't even sign. know what Grinder is actually. Oh God. I've never lies. Heard of it. Okay, that's all, folks. Be sure to subscribe to Ben Vetter HVU. Thank you for tuning in to Ben Better. How about you? To learn more, please visit benbetterhbu.com and check out our Instagram, bbhbu. Slide into our DMs with your questions and or comments. Also, be sure to subscribe for your weekly prescription. This pharmacy is open 24-7.